All right, people, it's going off track. And I mean, are you sitting down while listening? If you're running, you should because you're running. But I mean, all four of us are in the room today, welcoming back from his stint abroad, covering the Ethiopian-Israeli war that people hadn't even heard of. Michael Kanjemi. Yes, it's been rough. Yeah, a lot of coffee and a lot of donuts apparently mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. Rough, rough, rough. Rough. But Mike, Very. you look good. Thank you. Yeah, now, thank you. Don't, you. You don't tan either. Not well. No. <laughs> On occasion, I do. If I'm outside long enough, it's my Italian roots. They they come out, but it takes a while. Usually, I burn. Is that olive? Is that what they call it? Grease. Uh, grease. It's sorry. the grease that uh, the, <laughs> that comes through me. My Italianness. And that's what actually gives you the tan eventually. It's oh, the grease. God, it's like, yeah. But well, it's, you know, it's part of my heritage. Joined as always by Jonah and Brad. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, you're in for a wonderful treat because we had the Oblivions here. The Oblivions, yes. Uh, psyched that this came together. Um, all three. Um, the first time ever on this podcast, all three members of a band who apparently play all three All the instruments. instruments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Eric, Jack, all last name Oblivion. All guitar, drums, and vocals, um, and all awesome dudes. All really sweet guys. Straight out of Memphis. I really thought this was going to uh, devolve into more barbecue talk than it did. No barbecue. I mean, just basically, thankfully, you know, well, Jonah they, asked the question. I asked the question. You'll see when we get to it. But uh, they seem very just decisive about that. Like, it didn't seem like that was really a yeah, subject just, that was they, up for debate. They're like, that's it. It's one answer, and the, yeah. there's two places, and that's it. That's where you go, and you shut up. Yeah. But we did, like with, with Corey Brennan, you know, talk about FedEx. Yes. <laughs> That's right. As you do with Memphis. And I think the second time ever we've talked about Memphis, no mention of Elvis Presley at all. Who? Exactly. exactly. I'm, very, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Because if you've ever been to Graceland, it's a bit of a bummer. I've never been to Graceland. I think oh, that's gra- what you have to oh, say. How they say it? Grace, I got yelled at. Maybe that's why it was such a bummer. Every I time I said spot. Grace, every time I said Graceland, they were like, "We don't know where that is, but we know where Graceland is." You went to the place here in Brooklyn and got your haircut. Oh, I did. Or did you get a tattoo? I got both. I got a, you know I got a tattoo of a haircut. You get the full kit on my head. Um, have you been to Graceland? <laughs> yeah, that's where I went the last two times. Not the haircut place, the actual Graceland. Graceland. <laughs> Graceland. I, w- I want to add that after this interview, we were hanging out and uh, Greg was telling me and Brad about how he travels, they travel with a 45, like a record player and that he keeps on his lap and uses his legs as shock absorbers yeah. and they just listen to seven inches when yeah, they drive. That's how he auditions that's, all the seven inches. That's in how legit those dudes are. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's I pretty amazing. Just, that's so And he claims awesome. that his legs work as an adequate enough shock absorber that the records don't skip. That's a little bit crazy. I mean, that's it's you have to have practice. I that's think, some cushy that. quads, yeah. right? But there. that's like that's dedication, and that's just I don't know. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Also, when we're listening to this, if you think you have an awesome band name, you don't. Yeah, yeah. these guys definitely pulled them out. They took all of them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, it's true. They've God, been they're in really- so many amazing bands, and we should just listen to them talk instead of us talking. <laughs> right on. So we are psyched to have you guys here. Uh, going off tracks guest today. Can, can now? There's there's a lot of uh, Greg. You've got you've got a lot of like sir bands floating around. So can we say welcome the Oblivions? Does that work today? Or that's who's here. That's who's here. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for. I'll take the hit on that one, Jonah. No, it's fine. That, that'll it's work. Fine. Um, we've never had a full band in here before. So, no way. No, this is our first. I'm out of here. We, <laughs> see ya. The coffee is delicious here in the studio. So we've never had a full band in here, so you guys are um, uh, breaking us in on that one. Nice. So the inception of the Oblivions is a long and sordid past. At least that's what Wikipedia says. So I would like to hear your tale of it, how it started, where it stopped, and where it began again. And you would like me to talk? If you want. I would love to talk for you. <laughs> if you can keep it in 140 characters or less, that's all I can read now. Yeah. So, uh, so Jack, who's over here, we, we had a band uh, called The Raining Sound. Or not Raining Sound. We had a band. See? Right? Am I right? <laughs> it's, it's, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. It's confusing. It's kind of even for me. Yeah. But no, we had, we had a band called The Compulsive Gamblers. And we, we did that for a number of years. And when that f- kind of folded... Um, I went out on tour and I was playing drums with 68 Comeback, which was Jeff Evans from the Gibson Brothers. It was the band that he was doing. And I was playing drums and I'd never played drums before. Uh, but Peggy, who was the drummer in the Gories, 
was the drummer in 68 Comeback, but she couldn't do the tour. And so Jeff couldn't find anybody else, so I wound up doing it, which was a big, you know, I thought it was one of the things like a friend in need, you know, you want to help them out. I had never played drums, and I said I would go and play drums for him, but it was a two-month tour. That's kind of a big thing to not be able to do. At the end of two months, I could do it very well. Yeah, I could I, Actually, I mean, I had rhythm, so it wasn't a big deal. I just had never sat down and tried to do it, but I knew I could do it. Um, but so, like, by the end of that tour, I came home, and uh, Eric and Jack had been playing together and uh, with... Um, Who's the guy from the Pump Action Retards you guys used to play with? I think his name no. was Trip. Yeah, this guy Trip. Yeah. <laughs> he was. By the way, we've had the best trippy. band names we've heard in the past two minutes that we've had the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Before, we, start, we had started playing while, while. We did one gig in the afternoon, and uh, I think his, his song was Purple Haze that he did. <laughs> So some that couple was people, song? yeah, well, that was his. <laughs> and a couple people one. wanted to hear Purple Haze. I think I was playing drums because nobody else could. And uh, and what I said, and I said, no trip. Let's do. There really are no. Let's drums. do one more song. We got time for one more. Let's do Purple Haze. And he's like, We just did it. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> we need to this stop then because I did not recognize it. <laughs> that that was what me and Eric well, were so, doing that kind of stuff. So as you can see, like the the need was for a drummer, and with my newly honed skills i was a perfect fit like because jack and i had a rapport already you know we've been playing together and eric had basically kind of i think just started learning how to play guitar um do they not have music instructors where you're from no at not all? at all they I mean, just have they're expensive, they're like expensive. piano, yeah, piano uh, maybe if you're going to like tap dance or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would. But you guys would switch off depending well, see, on different well, songs. When I came in, like, Jack has always been like a good guitar slash drummer. He can, he's a good drummer. So, so when I came back, you know, the three of us started playing, and I could play drums. So that's what led to the rotation. Like, Jack could play while I played guitar and, and sang. He could play drums. And when he wanted to sing songs, then I could play drums, um, which I couldn't do before in our other bands. So... So with that, we could sort of rotate. And even on a couple of songs, like Eric would play drums. But mostly it was it was either Jack or me, and we would rotate like that. And we just started playing like that. It seemed to work as a dynamic. And it was, it was always kind of like a slow moment in the show when you had to rotate. But people seemed to not mind. Yeah, so that would would I actually get would you get a reaction like you know oh come on like, yeah what oh, are they doing dude, are they again? Yeah, like <laughs> no they're moving drums around because I'm left handed oh, so, so the problem like, actually, is like the <laughs> drums actually have to move when I when I play I have to you pick never up tried the, the open handed like the Bunny Carlos thing I actually I play open handed but that's the thing like I I play just like actually I play just like um, the rod symbol thing or whatever like that but it's I, still left handed yeah exactly yeah. so what I do is I move. Um, I move the the floor tom, which is for right-handed people, is going to be to your right. Mm-hmm. I move it to the to the left. So I play just like Patrick because he's left-handed as well. Um, and he's when I went to when we went to do the album at Dan's place in Nashville. I remember sitting down behind the drums, which were set up from them rehearsing. I thought somebody plays drums just like me, <laughs> like somebody who's left-handed but doesn't play like the kit set up left-handed. Basically, set up for a right-handed person, except for the floor time has to move over to the left so you can ride it when, you, when you're doing like a, a four to the floor or whatever. How about two floor times? Ever think of that? I think that's... <laughs> Who has two floor times? <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky. I mean, we started with just Chimes. a snare and, 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 and a kick. In the beginning, actually, I, a snare and a yeah, tom, in the, in, right? the, in the beginning, there was no kick for us. It was just floor tom, snare, and a cymbal, a ride cymbal, which you could use as your ride or like a crash. So no bass drum. Oh, I see no what you're saying. Have a no floor tom drum. for each guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did that. We tried to do that. I think the last time we played in Memphis, See, I never thought of it because. But it just by went the time, right over my head. by the time it came for Greg to switch around, there was a floor tom over there. But he's so used to it. I remember turning around. He just moved the one that was already there. Out of the he took one on the right and put it. Lots like, of floor toms. He didn't want to use that one or something. And it was like, but we sound checked all these floor toms, and it was like, well, that was a waste. He's moving it anyway. You know? <laughs> he's like habit. Yeah. Well, when we started, I didn't have a guitar amp, so I played through my home stereo with plugged into a tape deck on pause and record so we'd get sound through it and got a really bad, distorted sound through my home speakers that were some homemade, crazy-looking wedge things. So it was a real kind of ragtag uh, kind of setup, but 
I think one of the fun things about it was after the compulsive gamblers, they had a horn section, they had a violin player, they had it was a massive spectacle, and this was three guys, one guy could barely play, and then you know it was, it, we we me and Jack had just made up real short kind of dumb funny songs to entertain ourselves, and Greg came back and went, oh this is fun, and you know we just kind of went with that, and it was a big change from the compulsive gamblers kind of overload of you know all that kind of stuff two hour shows yeah, and all that kind yeah exactly of stuff. It definitely like brought everything back down to songs that were like a minute 10 yeah you know everything was like short and had to be simple and you know nice crickets length yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and and like you you also like you, most of the stuff wasn't too fast either but like, you know a lot of people think of it as a like as punk music or whatever but it's not it's not fast it's not really that the fast. idea is like to be like like simple like a punk band would be and the songs like kind of dumb like punk songs would be but for for the for each song to have like a groove like a like a you know like an r&b song would have or whatever so nothing's nothing's like just like super fast you know everything's got to have a groove that's a crazy limit for a short song though yeah it is yep. so would they just when when you do live do they just bleed to each other or actually no you got to swap instruments i guess not well, we try to break up this. We try to break up the whole set to where it's like, you know, Eric. Usually, we'll start off with Eric and I singing and playing guitar, and we'll get through as much of that as we of, of those songs as we need to, and then we'll switch around, and I'll play drums for a while, and we'll do the other half of the set where they play guitar together. Do you ever try it where you rotate every song? No, because it would just take too. It would, it would just take too long. Everybody would just be pissed off. Do you ever think about doing like the one man band thing? Like I know you guys have worked with like King Louie probably before he did the one man band, where you literally just kick have a kick drum in front of both of you, where you just actually you know do it that way. I don't. I don't have enough. I I, I couldn't yeah, do it. Like I've, three guys at the same time. Yeah, all three. I've, th- I've thought of that. It'd probably look cool. Yeah. or look funny, but probably sound bad. It would probably sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> or both. No, like, the guy. The democratic guy, about it. Well, I thought yeah. about it. The guy at Sun Studio wanted to record us. But he, he wasn't. This is the bass story too. In the nineties, right? in the nineties, of what story? You guys didn't have a bass player, and they yeah. said you can only record if you. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't let us record. This is not Sam Phillips talking either. It's another guy, Mark Bell. <laughs> not, he said, not, uh, yeah. uh, he sure? wouldn't record us because we didn't have a bass player. And then I suggested the idea of like, what if we all three play bass drum at the same time as we're playing guitar, like three one man bands? Like would, would that be enough right. bass for you? And it's like it didn't. No, he's like that's not <laughs> happening. No, not but no, he's he's still friend guy i see him around and he's like you should have just had a bass player jack <laughs> i do think <laughs> it's kind of cool like, that you guys were like you know what Blivins we're are pretty good it. yeah, it's okay well <laughs> the groove is the groove the groove that the bass provides is there so mm-hmm. it's like you know it's just it's just not the instrument that people want it's like you know or not the one they expect it's, everything works it works out fine with no bass do you tune differently to avoid that or no we, huh. we don't do any sometimes drop tunings. Or, yeah. Sometimes, wow. <laughs> sometimes Jack will do like an open tuning for like a couple of songs, yeah. but for the most part, it's it's just standard. When the band started, were you guys kind of all on the same page? As far like, how did the sound kind of develop? I mean, were you guys all listening to the same stuff, or <coughs> did, did it kind of come organically? Or yeah, I mean, we were all into the same kind of records and stuff, and and I think also just like what you're. It was a, it was a it was a perfect situation because the kind of songs that they had been working on together, which were s- short and simple, like when I came back from that tour, I could play drums, but I I'm not like a you know like somebody who's really great at it. Just very simple <coughs> skills was what I had, so it was perfect. It was a good pairing, you know. When uh, the band name, I love this story with any band because. That's just half the battles coming up with the name. How many did you go through before the Oblivions came? Gentlemen we were, of, we th- were gentlemen of leisure. I remember one gig. It's good too. Might be our first gig, which I think was uh, I don't know one of the first ones. Maybe open for Southern Culture and Skid. I remember we changed our name during the gig. I think maybe <laughs> twice. It started out as Gentlemen of Leisure, and by the middle or end of the gig, it's like we were. I don't know. I don't know if that was a punch. We are Pontius Pilate and the Dale Drivers now. <laughs> but I do remember we changed the, ga- the name. What name did you see? I don't know. They a, changed their name. In the middle of a set. Well, maybe your band, which, as you switched instruments, that's yeah, a different be, band. Yeah. Then. That's, right. that's technically yeah. a different but, band, right? But then, you get paid twice. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we we came up with the Oblivions when we were going to do a 7-inch for somebody. I forget. Maybe the end of Red or something. 
And it was like, well, we got to decide on the name. If it's gonna I think go, actually go when we print. went out of town, because you could goof around in town and change your name, but once you go out of town, it's sort of well, I remember, confusing. I remember sitting at Greg's house. set. I remember yeah. being at Greg's house, and, and, and there was this list. Mainly you guys come up, were coming up with the names. I might have one or two. and uh, But every time Greg come up with the name, he had a drawing to go with it. And it looked like a logo, and it looked really good. You know, it's like, wait a minute, let's just don't look at the drawing. I'll say the name, what does it sound like? And But it, Greg was like, it was like an ad agency with him. He's like, <laughs> it's like a presentation for his band name. <laughs> Eric has just like scribbled down something. One step ahead. You had business cards already planned. That's out. right. T-shirt designs. <laughs> Now, you don't just hurl out Pontius Pilate and the nail drivers unless you've discussed it before. We call it actually PP and the nail drivers. Yeah. Oh, we shouldn't want to be controversial. That, so that's not to make people so angry. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one could figure that out. <laughs> What's Clearly, I didn't want to upset anybody. <laughs> Peter Piper and the nail drivers. Peter no Pan and PP. PP. That's lewd. <laughs> that's what comes out of the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think win. of all the PP names went through my head, and all I can come up with is Paul Pfeiffer from uh, The Wonder Years. That's a P. <laughs> That's it. I had to say it. I had to put it out there. Yeah. I, I just still can't get any other ones. Now, when the band stop? When? Yeah. 97 or so, mm-hmm. I think. Sounds about right. Somewhere in there, 97. And what brought that to a close? We like to refer to things as band stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was. Well, we had done some shows. We were in Japan. I think those were. I think I, the way I remember it, I think those were the last shows. Mm. And I think it was just a just a matter of being around each other for so much time for you know a number of years there that it was just you know we all needed a break from each other. It happened. Yeah, we. I mean, like we said, the start of the band was pretty informal. It wasn't like, hey, looking for bass player for kick-ass garage rock band, you know. <laughs> we just sort of were hanging out and, and made up this band that we thought was funny and people liked, so we kept doing it. And then after a while, we'd done it, and it was over, and it sort of wasn't fun, and we'd been around each other long enough, and, you know, it was time to do something else, so started being work and that wasn't the point of the band that's kind of smart when you can almost maturely come to that decision where so many bands it seems will stay together it's like staying together for the kids don't do that the kids don't want you yelling around us i think we stayed together to go to japan the last time actually because girlfriends wives friends wanted to go to japan too so it was great to be able to do so that, to but Japan, it was over already. If you're going to do it, do it with a little flair. <laughs> do it 10 million miles from home. You ever seen a band break up? Honey, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to love it. don't happen this. all the time. <laughs> you ever seen a band break up and had shabu shabu? <laughs> yeah. You're about to have both. What were those shows like in Japan? <clears throat> they were crazy shows. We played this place called uh, Milk Bar that was kind of pervert bar um really pervert. expensive yeah, general in brooklyn really it, was nice. kind of, it was based on the clockwork orange milk bar it was and they had uh these paintings where you'd have the classic anime girl with big eyes um up top smiling at you and below her waist she's uh Grinding her penis in a, a meat grinder. Her penis, you know, yeah. Her but own it, penis, okay. Uh, yeah, just all over the walls. Ex- excellent. Um, I don't remember any technique and everything. If it's yeah, her it own, it's not abused. It was bizarro. And nice. I mean, and the show was great. We were playing with Guitar Wolf, who had by that point had uh, been on um, Sony and had tons and tons of girls all wearing I, I Heart Guitar Wolf T-shirts, jumping up and down in unison, which was something that. You know, I never thought I'd see uh, that um, band. I saw so the them. shows were great. They're so I saw I saw them play. The last time I saw them play was in Knitting Factory. I think it was before. Didn't the bass player pass away? Yeah, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a, like a few years before that. And uh, forgive me, I've seen them a bunch, but names escape me. What is Sagey? Called? Yeah, Guitar Wolf. Yeah, he just jumped off an amp and missed. And Oof. collided with his head on the wall Oof. and did what everyone thought. He came back on stage with just a t shirt wrapped around, <laughs> covered in blood, and finished the show. And I had brought a friend with me saying, hey, You've never seen guitar. Just just come. Yeah. yeah. God, this so this good. show I was talking about, he he had drank the snake sake that they some python or something was in this sake. And he had they didn't have big uh speakers to jump off of to start 
their version of Link Ray's Rumble. So he was going to get on the kick drum and jump off it. But he couldn't stand up. So it took a good literally half an hour to get him on top of the kick drum for him to jump off. People <laughs> trying to push him up there. It was not fun. Trying, just... But I mean, but that was, tour we also we played with the King Brothers. Yeah, and that was the show, the one show where the guy from the King Brothers really did get. What was he oh, on well, top the PA of? He came out. The, the PA speakers were they really, were like twenty feet high. Yeah, and and he jumped off with his guitar to start the song. And I thought he, had he was wearing his Converse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were those Converse uh, didn't break the blow the way he thought they would. <laughs> Yeah, so it was. The shows were great. I mean, oh. we're, we've been friends with Guitar Wolf forever, and um, so that Eric was put out great. Their first record. We yeah, we had um, we had a great time. They put us up and, and took us everywhere. It was our second trip to Japan, um, but we were not getting along, and the, the shows were chaotic and, and kind of crazy. But I mean, we were a good band. I mean, mm-hmm. the music was good. We were just kind of you know aggro on stage towards each other and you know and then you said get crammed into um seiji's little bedroom and go to sleep (laughs) (laughs) this must have been incredible i saw guitar wolf open for the cramps like one halloween in california and it was one of those shows where i went i'm here i'm supposed to be psyched for the cramps but fuck is this (laughs) the guy broke a string in the first note and is not making any effort to change (laughs) it and is continuing to play we're just I was completely dumbfounded. The, my favorite story about that was I took him to Beale Street, which is the kind of blues street in Memphis, mm-hmm. on like a Tuesday or something. Nobody's there. And there's a blues band playing at one of the clubs, and uh, Guitar Wolf's sitting there all in their leather. It's obvious they're a band from Japan, and the blues guys are kind of bored or whatever. They say, hey, you guys are a band. Why don't you get up and play a song? So they get up, turn the amps all the way to 10. <laughs> Break three of the guy's strings, play Rumble and Green Onions, and hand the guitar back to the guy. And the guy goes, God damn. Unbelievable. And, and in those songs, they managed to say, Lock and Lowell, yeah, baby. Yeah, and just and jump come around, on. just going completely bananas. God, I love that band. Oh, that's incredible. It's funny to hear you guys talk about not getting along because it seems like the dynamic is so great now. Well, it's not, it's not that we didn't get along. It's just that we had spent too much time together. I think there's a difference. I yeah. think that, you know, you just it's just that constant chafing you know from just like just being together so 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 much of the time and it's you know if you have a good dynamic even a good dynamic can be spoiled by you know just too much time together too much so, dynamic too much dynamic <laughs> less dynamic please so was it one of the things that when you know whenever a band breaks up after a few years you know the myth starts to flourish and people want to you know, see them play who missed them the first time around. I guess so. Yeah. Was it rumblings that, that you all heard, you know, throughout? Would people, you know, say, when are you guys getting back together? When are the Bolivians going to play again? No, I think people who knew us never asked us questions like that because they knew that we didn't want to Yeah, play I don't remember it at all. <laughs> <laughs> really, I, I it, it seems like people would have asked, but I don't remember it at all. I don't all. remember anybody asking, really, until the point that we decided kind of out of the blue to to have like a a show like after that show then we started getting asked a lot like yeah you guys did that will you do this can you do this festival it's like um no, we tried, we're not a band yeah we yeah we were like that's a one-off thing we're not gonna just start touring all the time or anything and then like it got to be like if somebody came up if proposed something that was like a kind of a special occasion then you know those are the only things that we would really consider weddings bar mitzvahs exactly um, we did like the the Blackout Fest in Chicago, and those guys used to do the festival every year. And then they stopped. There was going to be their last year, and they had asked us to do it, so we did that. But then also later, you know, we did the the Gorys had been broken up for a long time, and it was a similar situation where there was there definitely you know they were tired of being around each other when they broke up and hadn't really spoken a lot. And that was something that everybody wanted that band to get back together and do shows. And and um, when I when we started working on having a tour with the two bands, that was something that interested me because that was it was not just a chance for us to go out and play for people, but it was a chance for me to get to see like my favorite band every day for a couple weeks or something. So, 
When, whenever bands say one-off, because we've talked to a lot of bands, especially bands that, you know, it seems almost an industry of you break up, but you're going to reunite later. You know, what's cool about you guys is it sounds like it was organic and just kind of ended on a note of maturity and came back when you felt like it. When it's a one-off, I mean, you have to get back together and rehearse and how rusty are you and how does that happen? Muscle memory does, takes care of a lot of that. You know, it's amazing. Like at this point, like for the shows coming up, I'm mostly interested in playing the songs from the new record because that's what interests me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, we could play any of the old songs almost at the drop of a hat and it's it just comes right back. Like there's, I don't have any problem remembering any of that stuff. I don't know why, because there are other songs over the years, like Gambler songs, Raining Sound songs. It's because they're difficult, is right. what it is. Those songs are hard. These songs are... are yeah, like, don't try. <laughs> these songs Stuff's are tough. designed to be easy. So it's like, so it's just that much more like, yeah, I, I can do this. You know, it's, it's very easy. So no rehearsal. I back that. You guys no. feel like a three-piece. I mean, I always like three-pieces, but you feel as in being in bands before with a ton of people, isn't a three-piece kind of cuts out all the... It bullshit does. and it really is like i think a three piece is the best band, some of the best bands you know are- I, do, I do too i like trios um <clears throat> and for us we don't even have you know there's it's, it's pretty simple because it's you know just like chords and some kind of mel- melodic baseline type thing that goes with it and it's just, yeah, it breaks the song down but also that's how you make some of the best songs i, yeah. I feel like too you know every song is like perfect almost you know yeah it can never get too complicated right. because you're, you're you're right off the bat you're limiting yourself which is good it makes Rush it easier to make decisions <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna make it sound like four four but it's in seven that's <laughs> just being a dick <laughs> uh do you think that's why bands like the raining sound the songs were more complex because you were getting away from that well, just, you know, you just want to do different things. It's just it, it takes all different kinds of, you know, when when you play music for a living or, you know, when it, whether it's your hobby or your how you make your living, you don't want to get stagnant. You don't want to get bored with what you're doing. So you got to try to do lots of different things. And for me, like, there's always like a, like, I want to prove to myself that I can do all these different things and that I can be good at all of them. So I'm not... I'm not consciously running away from the simpler aesthetic. I'm just trying to explore different avenues. Right on. I'm curious. What do you guys kind of do when you're not kind of playing music? Do you, um, for your free time or what else are you guys kind of into personally? I like to do electrical work. Yeah. Not really. I'm going to say that's the first thing I've ever, first time I've ever heard to enjoy it. Yeah. I actually, I really do. I, Shocking. Some, uh, for, a, for a couple of years there, I took a break and just did electrical work. And I really do enjoy uh, roping in houses and stuff because you just run in Romex all day. It's kind of your brain's on autopilot. You know, you don't, have, you can almost, like, it actually, like, helped me reconnect with music because I think for a while I just, Doing music day in day out, you you kind of you don't have any. You're not grounded. You know, it's like a it's not real. That's important with electrical work. It grounding. is grounding. <laughs> how did how did you get into that? Because I don't know. I would be horrible at that. I just there was uh, actually Dale Beavers who played guitar with um, the Compulsive Gamblers for a while. Did electrical work, and he said I needed a job at one point. And he said. Come on and be my helper, and we'll you know teach you how to do electrical work. And then when I moved up to North Carolina, it was a skill that I had. And at that point, the um, the housing industry was still booming, and so if you were in the trades, if you could do electrical work or carpentry or whatever, you know, plumbing, there was work for you. Now you know, now not so much. It's coming back in some places, but when the housing bubble burst, like it killed all that stuff. You're know, like, I need to do my fallback. A band. Exactly. Back to music. <laughs> <laughs> and now, here's the Oblivions. And you, and you have labels. You put out Guitar Wolf and you've done some other things. Yeah. I own, co-owner of Goner Records store and label. We mm-hmm. did Guitar Wolf, Retards, um, Ty Siegel. A um, lot, of, lot of coming up on our 100th release. Wow. So, Oblivions. I mean, we, we did a lot of stuff. Rain and Sound record. Too. Yep. So you waited for your band to be the 100th release? No, we, I don't know what the 100th release <laughs> is. We've got, um, we've got the band we're playing with tonight. X Cult is putting out a single that's number 99, and um, 
number 100. We don't know. We just did this human eye, which was up in the 90s. Um, no bunny is in the 90s. Yeah. So to be, uh, to be announced soon, hopefully. How do you choose your bands? It's bands that we like, that uh, we think, you know, should come out, really. We put out all kinds of stuff. Our buddy Quintron in, in New Orleans, um, he, had a, a, he had recorded a guy um, kind of doing a spiel um, in his tire shop. And uh, he owned, the guy owned a tire shop. So there's a sound of tires going onto cars in and, and the background and Quintron playing keyboards. We put out 45 of that. We thought it was <laughs> And that was that was something that wanted needed to come out. Jack had a had a band in his teenage uh, years, kind of a fake band. Um, real? A, <laughs> <laughs> he had a real band called Johnny Vomit and the Dry Heaves, and uh, we, we got a hold of that again. This is like the best band name yeah. ever. Yeah. This is where they all go. No wonder bands can't <laughs> oh find my them. God, they're all here. They're all in Memphis. That list right. I made with all the pictures yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's the list. Right, a there. lot of people pay a lot of big money for that. Yeah. <laughs> So we put yeah. out that, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to come to that Connor Festival. Well, that, that lineup was so incredible. Yeah, um, we've been lucky. Um, people, it's, it's, we do like 35 bands in three days, basically. Um, night, there's like six bands a night, and then um, Friday and Saturday we have afternoon shows. And we basically, I mean, it, it's great because the bands really want to be there um, to see the other bands, to hang out and that kind of thing. So it's you, you get you get away from a lot of the egos and everything, and just people flying in for a show that's you know they they might not have time to spend with the other bands and stuff. It's 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 a it's a really great kind of community type of thing, and we started doing it the first um, the first one we held in a place that holds maybe fifty people, seventy five people, and we had just started the store and the label. I had done the label in the nineties um, with the oblivions and guitar wolf and all that. But um, my partner, Zach Ives and I had started the store and we were putting kind of um, restarting the label in a way. And we had a King Louie record and King Con and barbecue show record. And uh, we thought, Oh, King Con and barbecue are coming. Um, let's put them on Friday or Saturday and put Louie on the other night and put some other bands on there and call it a festival just as a joke. And people started coming in from Italy and England, and they, they were like there are two hundred people, two hundred fifty people in this place that you, I mean, not much bigger than the studio, um, and that was the start of our festival, just sort of accidental, you know. But um, this year we got Mud Honey um, coming, Cosmic Psychos from Australia, and uh, always a lot of Australians coming in. Um, they love being in Memphis, and they're always great to be around. They they really know how to have a good. All these party, by the way, and yeah, also those do. people that real, make you realize you're like, wow, I don't actually drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't. I like drinking a lot, and they make you like it's one of those that you hang out with Aussies, and you're like, fuck, they're great people. Yeah, and it's they're yeah. the best. I mean, yeah. they're always, but they're always like. Number one is like, you know, they're like, you don't know how to party. And you're like, you're right. right. I don't, I don't. I actually <laughs> don't. You guys. I'm not even going to try. I'm not yeah. trying anymore. Yeah. yeah. I Just don't drink. I feel you. great yeah. about myself. <laughs> like, I was thinking, do I need help? Nope. <laughs> Thank you, Aussies. How many years has Engonner been happening? Um, the festival. Sorry. It's our 10th festival, ninth year. One year we did two a year, and that was not a good idea. But uh, yeah, <laughs> this is our 10th one coming up. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Will the Oblivions be playing? Uh, we played last year. Yeah, we play last year. Yeah, they all kind of mm-hmm. run together, but um, no repeats. No, yeah, we try People to keep do it, repeat, but uh, yeah, after we, not not consecutive. Yeah, That's we try great. to keep it, you know, so that you go one year, and if you wanted to go back the next year, you're seeing new stuff. So That's smart. Yeah, and we try to keep a Memphis element to it because that's a lot of a lot of people just want a, an excuse to go hang out in Memphis, um, and so that's that's a part of it. And there's oh always good bands coming out of memphis whether they go anywhere or not i mean it's good to get those bands in front of people so. we had we had cory brennan on one of our early podcasts we're big fans of his and the reverence he talked about memphis just makes you want to go <laughs> yeah you know, and hang out it's fun it's cheap and uh it's it's an easy place to to have a good time what's your favorite barbecue spot there pains pains and cozy corner okay pains for sandwiches and cozy corner for ribs right on you're, you're in North Carolina now? I am. Are you all based there? Are you? Memphis, Memphis. Memphis. Those guys yeah. still live in Memphis. I moved up to Asheville, North Carolina about almost 10 years ago. Okay. 
How do you like Asheville? I know I've been there. My old band used to play there a lot, and I know that college is. Were there. you in a jam band? <laughs> I was in a post-hardcore band that played at a house for like three people. There was a, there was there were a couple of houses there where people put on great like house parties for yeah. hardcore bands and stuff. It does seem like the 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 big draw there when I moved there was always like jam bands. So that's what you know. There are a couple of big venues there, and it seems like that's what always comes through because that's. Um, for, for whatever reason, like it's very popular there, but um, I love it. Yeah, I really, I, I like the city. I like the people. That co-op, that Weaver Street, was that there? Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple co-ops there. Yeah, um, there's one right downtown that we go to. Um, yeah, man, the you know great local produce and like there's all the restaurants are like geared towards local, so. That's something I really like about it. Also, just being a parent, like there's a the really nice uh, school system there. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's it's um, you know I still miss Memphis, but and it took a little while to adapt, but but now I'm I'm really happy to be where I am. Makes sense. Now you're in Memphis too, and what do you do there besides obliviate? <laughs> um, I'm a mail maid. I guess you'd call it I'm a clean houses. That's what I was doing for a couple of years. This makes it way better. Yeah, it's it's nice to go in a house nicer than mine mm-hmm. when their owners are home away. <laughs> and get paid mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort things. Do you ever just rearrange something just just very subtle? I did that once in a swimming pool and got in trouble, but that was before I had this job. That was you rearranged the water, rearranged <laughs> rearrange the furniture underneath the water, and uh, apparently they had surveillance cameras. I'm admitting to it now. At the time, I denied it, so kind of want to come clean with the whole thing, you know. Yeah, but, actually, but not, not this isn't a podcast, house, no. it's an intervention. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's been on my shoulder for a while. <laughs> uh, back to the first band. Now, you guys, the first, your first uh, band you opened for was Southern Culture on the Skids. Is yeah. this correct? Yeah, how did as you, the Oblivions. Did, yeah, as the Oblivions. How sure. did that happen? Or how did that... I think you guys... Cheryl Payne called us one day and said, you want to... I think you were the one that told us Cheryl Payne called you or something like that. Right. It's a lady in town that was yeah. friends with... I had stayed with them. I had just, like I said, I had just come home from a tour with the um, 68 Comeback, and we, that's where I really got to know those guys because we stayed at their house for a couple of days while we were on yeah. tour with that band. They're a fun band. They, it was yeah. just at the time where they were throwing fried chicken at the audience where they would do uh, that. Not even I don't know if there's a time that. I don't. Well, yeah. maybe so. I don't remember the I, I always thought it was that, that was like, that, actually. They always played so long, I couldn't. Uh, it was already during, it was when they were already doing the Santo thing. Santo. Though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. So like I thought that was just like three. the best idea ever when I was at a show. I was just like, there could be nothing I want right now more than some fried... <laughs> yeah. I have some fried chicken. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's delicious. Thrown at you. Yeah. Forced on you. <laughs> you know the people running the bar that were just hating it because uh, they, they uh, got to clean it up like, off the floor later. And we have to clean <laughs> all the some, yeah. some bars, like, they, they, they had that set up to, like, whatever you hurl out on stage, like... Mm-hmm. Like you will clean up after we yeah. we had a, a guy in here from a, a black metal band and they were like it's kind of understood you clean the blood yeah yeah that makes sense great show yeah I remember I remember when Southern Cultural started getting kind of popular like I guess they had a major label or something big audiences I think we played with them in Kansas a couple mm-hmm. of years later and it's like wow these guys have a big crowd coming in and you could tell people who had been to their show because they they kind of dress kind of like the band <laughs> kind of like uh, Rick and and uh. And they're bringing in, they're coming in, like it's like a Rocky Horror show. They're, they're coming they in. They have, paper, they have paper plates in their <laughs> yeah. hands. They came to the show with yeah. paper plates and napkins. And they're waiting fans. They were just like, for the band to come out. Like yeah. they know they're, gonna, they're, they're like, don't have dinner for the show. We're going to eat at the show. Yeah. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's a great idea. <laughs> so well, have you, so did you guys ever think about like throwing stuff? Like, you're like, maybe we can do something, you know, maybe we have like, you know. Yeah, what are we gonna throw? Burgers, they already, or, get, they already uh, got chicken, you know. You can't afford to throw steaks. mac and cheese. Right. We're gonna throw steaks and potatoes at you guys later. Stick around. Memphis, maybe barbecue or ribs. Like, think about what like fried chicken works because it's yeah, you catch yeah. it and then it's yeah. just done, right? Yeah. You know, cheated. I saw them in oh, um, Florida. Uh, and they didn't throw um, anything. Uh, hush puppies. Yeah. Hush puppies. Yeah. <laughs> that's delicious. Are delicious. It requires just like a soft setup. Yeah, it's too much preparation. Too much. That's preparation. right. Yeah. You're right. Dough, oil, fry it, throw. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a, got a big like fry daddy on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be not a bad idea. Fry daddy, I love love a fry things. daddy. Yeah. God. What's a fry daddy? Oh, it's a giant vat of, of love. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, 
you could take a piece of bacon, like 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 the way bacon should be, just a giant like chunk, and just throw it in a fry daddy and just watch it sizzle into passion. It's yeah. sometimes a, though, like don't you think like the fr- I love fried food, but don't you think like, it gets a little out of hand? Where they're like, we're gonna fry Coke, and you're like, really Coke? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and you're like, okay, it's really you're not frying soda. Like yeah. it's just like flavoring in the dough. We know they do that in festivals, like the the fried. Oreos. Everything, yeah. Fried, fried Oreos are delicious. Twinkies. Twinkies are amazing. There's a friend of ours, uh, Stacy Egan, who lives in. She's going to be at the show tonight, but she lives in Chicago, um, and she always has. Uh, when the raining sound comes to town, we always have an after party at her house, and it's a corn dog party. She's got a couple of fried eddies. She's got the hot dogs and the batter all out for everybody, and the sticks, and you just you That's make your awesome. own corn dogs. Nice. But eventually, all the corn dogs run out, and everybody's so drunk. Like then, you know, I find one of my Bandmates like frying a stick of butter, (laughs) (laughs) and they're all going, "This is delicious!" (laughs) At the end of the night, you're just frying everything. You're just anything in the fridge. You're frying your cholesterol at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been part of you know the Thanksgiving fried turkey? No, I've never done the fried turkey. There are YouTube videos of people doing this too too often. Peril. Yeah. Like you have to be. Yeah, it's dangerous. Know what you're doing. Well, basically, I think the problem is you, you get this giant thing of oil with a flame underneath it. You put the turkey in, the oil shoots out, mm-hmm. catches fire, and then you're in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Don't do it. Unless or, that's what you want right. to do. Right. It, it makes for great YouTube videos. <laughs> that's yeah. all it is on YouTube yeah. is all these poor people trying to do that. Yeah. Every year, my brother-in-law wants to do it, and he's like a super scientist, so I think we could pull it off. He could do it. But our wives will not allow it. It's got to be amazing. I've never had one, but I mean... You know, maybe that's it. Cheaper. Sounds good in my head. It sounds great, like a crispy. I'm not doing it because I would yeah. screw it up completely. <laughs> yeah, I would be that guy in the YouTube video. Feeling now, having uh, done like the big tours, uh, you can go into Japan, watch the band break up. That now that you have this new record out, um, older and wiser, you're going to space out the tours more. I don't know. Sorry, did I touch on something? <laughs> I don't, my we don't really is... have a big plan. Yeah, okay. we don't have a plan. We set this stuff up. Um, to kind of get out and play the record for people and everything. But um, beyond that, we're, we're not sure. We're still putting things together. What's, what's the, mm-hmm. oh, it's a bummer that I've seen you so many times at Southpaw. It's a, that, is that no longer exists in Brooklyn? Southpaw. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And then Maxwell's is closing. Maxwell's, is, Maxwell's closing. Is, is closing. But I think Todd's looking at another space, maybe over in Jersey City or That'd something. That would be okay. cool. What's the crowd like sort of at an Oblivion show kind of these days? Is it most? Is it a lot of younger people, or a lot of old school fans, or is it a mix? You get a little bit of, for Oblivions? Well, I don't know. This is like the first one. So, I mean, we, yeah. we played in Memphis, and in Memphis we get Memphis people, right? which are hard to age. <laughs> it's hard to tell how exactly how Do old they are. Do the barbecue and whiskey. Yeah, sorry. But, I mean, you, you know, it's a, it's a mix. There are definitely people who came to see us. In the '90s, and there are young people who there's no way they ever saw us. So, but outside of Memphis, I don't know what it's going to be like. But I assume that you know it'd be the same. Never saw them based on they were probably born. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. That's bonkers. And then there's a lot of places we never made it to Portland or see. We didn't play Seattle, so there's a lot of places that we never played back when we were playing all the time so, so that's got to be cool to have that a wish list yeah and we've, we've got friends all over the place so it's it's good to get out and get to see them um again which is great yeah I, oh, go ahead greg i was just gonna say i think i think and we we have a west coast tour that's coming up that hits most of those cities so that's you know like he like eric said we haven't planned a lot in advance but we have set up some tours and and are planning on getting out. And, and I think it's great because I know that some of these venues, like one problem that we always hit up on before when we were a band, when we went out with John Spencer and we went when we went out with, um, what was the... Rocket, from, Rocket the from the Crypt. Like these were bands that had a large following and they played in very large venues. And we were like a drum kit and two small guitar amps. It almost always sounded like shit. Um but I think we're a little more prepared now to deal with the space mm-hmm. rather than just being like, oh, well, we're just, we just do it the same way we do in a 150-capacity club. Like, you really do have to kind of navigate that a little bit. So I think, you know, this, this time around will be better in 
in larger venues than we than we would have. We'll, I think I think we'll sound better now than we probably sounded back then. Rockets back together, are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing they're mostly Europe shows, but they're playing Riot Fest Riot in Chicago. Fest. I know mm-hmm. that lineup is ridiculous. We Which, were talking this morning about the fact that getting you guys in a room together for an interview doesn't happen that often. I mean, is this? Uh, do you guys get to interact? Well, yeah. Spend the night with him last night because uh, we stayed at this bar too long. He was DJing, having fun. Oh, yeah? And he was talking to some guy, and I ran out of people to talk to. <laughs> Seriously. And so, <laughs> so Greg's like, instead of taking you guys to the place where you're staying, we're staying with this fellow who goes by the name of Extreme Blues Hound. Look him up on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, we're, me and Eric are supposed to stay with him, with the EBH. And uh, Greg's like... Man, you know, just you can sleep at my place. I got two beds. We get there. There's one bed, and uh, I took the floor. I took the floor. I, I didn't want to be like the Three Stooges and all the, all three of us laying in the same bed. It's like, look, you know, let's. I'll take the floor. Don't mind. And then I woke up. This is totally. You just nothing to do with now. the band perfect tour yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I woke up this morning. This is kind of freezing. And the air, it's already kind of chilly outside. The air was on, I don't and I'm wearing a, a sleeping in a FedEx coat. The coat you wear to load bags on FedEx, you know, load in the, in the factory or whatever. Them. You've seen them. You've seen the guy bring their package to you? Yeah, absolutely. I was sleeping in that because there was, there was no blanket. So I'm like, well, I'll put this FedEx coat that I brought in case there's a hurricane. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sleeping in the floor. And I was comfortable when I lay down. I woke up freezing in my FedEx coat. And I'm trying to turn the heater off. I can't get it off. Greg wakes up. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, calling the desk. And I'm trying to turn the heater on because it's full air and it won't go off. And the guy says, oh, you need to go to the wall and switch it on the wall. And So, uh, you know, and then, you know, a few minutes later, it's like, hey, we're going to do an interview. So we're here together because we, uh, you know, we were in a room together earlier. Is it the temperature okay in here? It's a little, it's a little warm. Get a little warm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's because warm. I'm talking too much. We could bring in a UPS jacket <laughs> and shorts for you. I got the UPS jacket out in the van. Uh, FedEx, I'm sorry, if you want to take a look at it. It's a, is that a must for the touring, the FedEx jacket? I just I just don't have a like a leather jacket to wear to look cool right now, you know. So. I don't know. That, you can pull that off in Brooklyn, the FedEx jacket. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it gets you in a lot of places that you ordinarily wouldn't get in, you know. It really I, got to, like, I got to deliver you know? something. Yeah. You know, it gets you, gets you through doors, something about it. You so know? This is official. This is a strip know? bar. It's like, I'm, hey, get out of this guy's way and let him in. I'm yeah, delivering uh, something. You ever hear the Mitch, Mitch Hedberg, uh, comedian Mitch Hedberg had a good joke with the FedEx. He goes, I like the FedEx driver because he's my drug dealer and he don't even know it. And that's true. <laughs> I, I worked at FedEx for a year and... Uh, and or, orientation. There's like three days of, of a guy talking about at FedEx. <laughs> orientation, like one of the first things the guy says is, we are the biggest drug distributor in the world. <laughs> and everyone chuckles and he's like, no, seriously, seriously. we are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. We are proud and thankful for the business. <laughs> Gratitude I mean, is they're important. Unknown, unknowingly, but they, you know, they have their whole, uh, there's a hub in Memphis and they have their whole, like mm-hmm. their own little police and ambulance and uh, it's like a little Mini city. They have it's like their the dogs. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. It's like the Vatican. There was a character on Conan O'Brien for years called the FedEx Pope. Really, mm-hmm. and he was a guy yeah. who would. Um, I can't remember the writer's name. He's awesome. He would walk in wearing uh, a bathrobe with a FedEx sleeve <laughs> on his head. And kind of Conan knows, knows I what's hate going this on. character more than anything. So the, he would just walk in with his bathrobe out of his head and just waving like the oh, that was the, great. the FedEx Pope. It is like the Vatican. And there's also an airport there, right? Like they have their own oh, yeah. Yeah, airfield. It's, it's and next to the airport. That's yeah, where it, it started. Every night, at, I don't know, 8 o'clock or whatever, there's just planes just, stacked planes up in the, in the Man. sky. It's, that was the weirdest thing when I moved away from Memphis, like not hearing those planes all in. day long, like really loudly. Because if you live in Midtown or downtown, like you can hear the, the airport pretty well because you're right in the, the path for descent or whatever. And it's just all day long. It's just, you know, just super loud. And you don't notice it until you don't hear it. I think 9-11 was the first time I didn't hear it because they canceled all air flights that day. And it was, like, so quiet. And then, you know, I I just hadn't, since I was a child, I'd never heard that kind of quiet stillness. But, you know, where where I live in North Carolina now, you don't really, there's not that much air travel either. So It's got to be super weird. Not everybody about born and raised in Memphis? 
Uh, Greg, you're from born. In I was born and raised there, okay. and Jack is from Mississippi, uh, part of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That's not very far Eric? away. I was born in Seattle. I've lived in um, San Diego and L.A. and Hawaii and uh, Austin for Wait, a while. military or something. My dad worked for the Navy. Um, okay. He wasn't in the Navy, but he worked for the Navy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got his job ended up in Hawaii. It was pretty pretty nice. Yeah, why did you not stay there? That would have been like my first question. Like, oh, what made you leave Hawaii? I went to school in L.A., you know, and um, then, you know, it's great to be in Hawaii, but it's you're on an island and, you know, for the surfing and hanging out and doing things, it's, it's great, um, the things that you can do there. But you can't go drive for six hours and be in a new state, you know, completely different place. You can't drive for six hours, period. Yeah, right. you cannot do it. Uh, well, but you can. Big Island, I think you actually you can. You can just keep but, going, uh, yeah. I mean, just turn but, around. Um, <laughs> turn around. back the way you came a bunch of times. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's the various things, and uh, I ended up in Memphis um, working the in record stores. The Hawaii of the South. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Do you like that traveling and being in new places? Is that kind of something that you've always been interested in? Uh, not, not particularly, really. But I realized when I could do it that it was it was great. Or just and knowing that you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Being able. I mean, people. Um, when I was in L.A., people wouldn't go to shows. Um, you drive basically forty five minutes inside of L.A. to go to shows, but you would never go. Um, to San Diego to see a show or something like that. It was two hours. When we're in Memphis, people are driving six hours to come to a show because that's as close as people are. And you realize that people are into this music. They're not going, oh, we'll catch them next time because they might not be a next time. They're never going to be closer. And there's some real music fans, you know, that that come from all over the place. And that was one thing that really hit me um, when I moved to Memphis. You kind of take it a lot of things and a lot of places you take for granted people people really have to seek out this stuff and make a really large commitment to be into this kind of music that's not as popular and all this kind of stuff like you said for your festival all of a sudden people from italy and other countries are showing up yeah it's great I, you know and a lot of them just wanted they're like i always wanted to go to memphis i'm going you know there's a reason let's let's go to memphis Did you guys ever do any shows with deadbolt yeah yeah it's one mm-hmm. of my I love those. Yeah, love that band. Love those guys. Yeah, they were great. They self-proclaimed scariest band on earth. Yeah, they were horrified. I remember we were having our dinner at the bar. We were playing. There was a downstairs restaurant, and there were one upstairs booth, at Nick's. There were one booth over, <laughs> and we were really quiet because we were listening to the the singer and the other guys were talking. They had some girl with them, maybe a girlfriend or a fan or something. I'm not sure, but they were entertaining her, and they're in a their their whole thing then was like a. Chinese gambling chips or something, which is like pennies or something, and they they were stuck on it. And they were, I remember we we're just being really quiet, just listening to them. And they're, you know, you know, it was a part of their shtick or whatever. But they were just doing it at the table, and it was a, uh, it was really, it was. We kept going, shh, shh, listen, listen. <laughs> it was really, really I would have good. loved to hear what was happening there. Yeah, that band, man. Unfortunately, we can't remember what it was. Can't remember <laughs> only, only that it was terrifically fun. Really good at the time. <laughs> yeah, but we're eavesdropping on the deadbolt. Yeah. <laughs> you just title your next record. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping <laughs> on deadbolt. We had our ear to the keyhole of the lock of the bolt. Do you guys ever do anything with uh, or tour with Bob Log the Third or no? Do you, do you we toured with that? Durag. Oh, Durag, right. Yeah. Before, right. Pre- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we played gigs. because well, that's what yeah, he, we with him out of town. I didn't. Oh. I, I had done an interview with him where he based. I was like, "How did you start the what the one man band thing?" He goes, "My drummer left." Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was like he had a do rag oh, show at a festival. Do rag <laughs> stories. Our very first time to Europe in '95. Make sure you got all the details. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. Remember this. Well, our very first time to Europe. You know, we're excited. So we didn't. We didn't I sleep. had my FedEx jacket on. <laughs> oh, it's official. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> the story's going to be delivered. <laughs> we, we were, we were, we were our first time in Europe, and we had jet lag because we were excited and didn't sleep much on the plane. Probably didn't sleep much the night before we got on the plane. They we gave said, you I drinks, didn't. and so we we get to the airport and we drive into the hotel, which is longer than what you think we, we would think. And then we're really tired, but our room is not ready. They're like, you got to wait. There's still waiting for these people to check out before you can go in. And, uh, so, you know, hotel, kind of like a Ramada Inn or something like that. I don't know. 
And so finally, the room we're waiting on, they said, okay, you can check in. The people are leaving down. They're walking out. It's do-rag. Remember? We got our photo taken. I do. We got our photo taken together there. We said, let's have some drinks in the bar before you guys go. And they were like, man, this is awesome. I can't believe you guys got like a a tour manager driver or whatever. It's like, there's only three of you. Like, do like us. There's only two of us. We rented a car. We're doing it all ourselves. Like, the maps are easy to read. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's cool. So we had some drinks and like we were in Holland. So we probably like smoked a joint or something. They leave to go off on the rest of the tour. Then like maybe a week later, we're in another town and we see them and they are at the lowest ebb of their life. They've lost the keys to the car. Oh, yeah. um, they, they, they accidentally like, put diesel in a, in a gas. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was just like the, the biggest, like, you know, like after all that, like, you know, oh, we're going to, we're doing it the right way, man. You guys ought to do it like us. And I was just like, I was so glad at that point we had a driver um, slash babysitter while we like, you know rolled around europe and yeah that got drunk. That, that first tour <laughs> it was funny like we had played we did a a couple shows up in the northeast um in new england but we really hadn't played anywhere we put out this record on crypt based in germany and he books a two-month tour for us with the country teasers who are completely insane uh british scottish uh Folks, other people who, who show you could that not, you can't drink. By yeah, the way. yeah, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't understand a word they were saying, and and so we get in this van for, and all of a sudden, like our friends, we were talking to these people in um, Memphis, and they said before the tour, you guys were fun. After the tour, you guys were great because we we just figured. I mean, we played every night, and you know, we just got good all of a sudden. But it was way too long of a tour, um, yeah, for us to be doing it at that point. Um, and you know, if if you're playing. Uh, two months and you just starting out, you're playing some pretty crappy places in the middle of the week, you know, and, and it gets tough after a while. Um, but anyway, it, it, it helped the band for sure. And we got, we got a lot better over those two months. Yep, it's true. Isn't that crazy? I just playing actual shows for people all of a sudden, Oh yeah, we're going to be good. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe beforehand might want to honed up a bit. It's like no, the longest no. inadvertent <laughs> practice. I know. <laughs> Just goes yeah, you'd on think and you'd get and good, and then you go on tour. But we yeah. did it while we were on tour. Yeah, I to luckily very small audiences. Yeah, so almost no one saw these rehearsals. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're feeling it out right now. So no tour dates as yet. Just no, there goes. are there are tour dates. There's the a West Coast. There's right. a West Coast tour. Then uh, we're right now filling the. There's like a tour up and down the West Coast. Then there's like some. It ends in stuff. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, then we fly yeah. out of like Seattle, Seattle. or somewhere. Yeah. And Technically play a coastal city. Yeah, yeah. And then, then there's like some east stuff, more East Coast stuff coming up, but it's that's still being booked, so that hasn't August been announced yet. I'm sorry. August sixteenth. August sixteenth at the Bell House. Yeah. We know. And probably, room. I think there's a Philly show that's going to be attached to that as well. Oh, right on! Yay! Yeah, I live closer to Philly, so that's perfect. And people can check out Desperation. Desperation. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. On in the red records available yes. now, <laughs> available right now. Click on this, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Yes, yes thank, right. you. thank you. That was the oblivious awesome. treat. Thanks very Great. much for having us. Yeah. Of that was the Oblivions. Uh, grabbed their new record entitled Desperation. And while we're talking about the Oblivions, Gonerfest, as we talked about, it takes place in Memphis, September twenty sixth to the 29th Um you can also buy me a birthday present because my birthday's the twenty seventh. What Aww. would you want from Memphis? <sighs> Barbecue. Corey Brandon. I want Corey <laughs> Brandon to Sarah Day. I love that dude's music. It's so great. He's so good. He is so good. Seems like a lot of good things have come out of Memphis, especially that one guy. That song, uh, yeah. Mark Cohn, uh, Walking in Memphis. Is that no, what you're thinking of? <laughs> you love that song. It's a terrible song. You love that song, no, I thought. No. Now I'm just going to throw up in my mouth for about an hour. Uh, so the Oblivions have toured with pretty much uh, every cool band you've never seen and should. If you haven't heard... Except Mark Cohn. Except for yeah, Mark Cohn, who, by Mark the way, <laughs> I mean, we can't even... Uh, that's a whole other podcast. No, no. When we get Mark in here, we'll talk all about it. Yeah, and you'll apologize for and that, we'll saying that song's not say, beautiful. Sorry, well, sorry about that, and I'm sorry about your beard, Mark Cohn. <laughs> If you haven't heard Guitar Wolf, go check them out. If you haven't heard Deadbolt, oh, oh my go goodness. to San Diego immediately. Please, yeah. Every please. band mentioned in this podcast. Yeah. They even that. mentioned Bob Log III's pre-band, uh, Do-Rag, yeah. which, by the way, Fat Possum Records, uh, <laughs> you have to check that out.
Yeah, amazing. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, if you're not tuning in, it's probably because you're using a computer that doesn't have a tuning knob. So click in next week. Check us out on Facebook if you want to send us a message. We've got some lovely missives from a few of you. If you want to donate to help keep the posse cat pot, the posse cast. If you want to donate to help keep our posse running, <laughs> click on the donate button on goingofftrack.com. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our website goingofftrack.com and continue being awesome, folks. Until then.